What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome to His Heart Line. It is Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Last day of August, ladies and gentlemen. Last day of August. Man, we are winding down very quickly to the end of summer. And uh, what is it? What, next week? Yeah, this weekend. This is, uh, what is this? Labor Day? Yeah, wow. We're already approaching Labor Day weekend. My golly. Ooh, man, the summer went by fast. Yes, it did. Wow. Well, I hope everybody's having a great Wednesday so far. I hope wherever you're at in the world, the weather is beautiful, it's warm, and I hope you've, you are having a great day. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host. I should say I'm at their side. They are the boss. They are the ones at the wheel. They're at the helm, and they are steering the ship through these crazy chaotic waters and through this storm that we call life. But like I always say, so long that you give 100% of your life and surrender it over to God, God will steer your personal vessel into a safe harbor and give you peace. So welcome again. Glad to have you here. So today we're going to be reading out of the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 9 out of 150 chapters. So it's going to be a long time. We'll be in Psalms. A couple of things I wanted to go over I thought was kind of interesting. <clears throat> I saw on Telegram today that there was a post. Now, I'm not sure exactly the validity of it, but this isn't the first place that I saw it. I actually heard it on another podcast. It's pretty well known. And from what I'm reading, from what I'm understanding here, it says Pope Francis has ordered the central administration of the Roman Catholic Church and related entities to withdraw all their financial assets from external banks and transfer them to the Vatican Bank by the end of September via uh, at VM Sound. I don't know what VM Sound is, but like I said, that's not the first time that I heard that. I, uh, I saw this on Telegram, and then I heard it again on a, uh, on a podcast, and you gotta, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder, what's coming down the line here? Now, like I've always said, we're going to be experiencing some pretty chaotic times. Now, I've talked about this in other podcast shows. Not so much at the 1% with him because I try to keep that strictly biblical. But I figured because the Pope is, quote unquote, a religious leader, and I say that very loosely. I found that very interesting, though, when I saw that story about him ordering 
all the central administration of the Roman Catholic Church and related entities to, like I said, withdraw all their financial assets and their cash and their money, whatever, from external banks and transfer them directly into Vatican Bank by the end of September, by September 30th. Now, keep in mind, the end of the fiscal year is September 30th. And it should be very interesting to see what's going to come down the road. Now, I remain very optimistic that we do indeed have the good guys that are in charge behind the scenes. And I've seen enough evidence, I believe, that is solid validation for me personally anyways, on top of praying to God for discernment and asking him for to help me, you know, sift through truth from the uh, BS out there. I think what's going to come is going to shock and awe a lot of the world, but the Pope knows something. He knows something's coming, and I think he's trying to protect the assets that they have. Now, it could go negative. It could go positive. I don't know one way or the other. My innermost being is leaning toward whatever's going to come is going to shock the world, and it's going to seem like it's a negative, but it's going to end up turning out to being a positive. However... I still think we all need to be very vigilant and we need to make sure that we do have our affairs in order. Well, what do I mean by that? Try not to have a lot of your cash tied up in the bank. Maybe try to get some physical silver and gold in your possession. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's going to make you rich beyond this, uh, you know, this reset, if you will, whenever it's going to come. But it's a way to preserve your wealth. It's a way to preserve your finance, you know, your finances. So you're not getting completely hammered at, with a loss. Cause I, again, I don't know what's going to come, but what I do know is like I always say in the beginning of the show, because we are in a storm with big swells, high wind, lightning is all around us, loud thunder. Just hand it all over to God. Trust in him. And he will lead your vessel into a safe harbor so you can get on dry land and finally live free. And for some of you out there, you'll know exactly by my words how important those words are. Getting off of the sea and getting on dry land. And what I'm referring to is common law, the law of the land. Common law, the 10 common law principles are based off of God's 10 commandments. So I just found it very interesting. I just kind of had to read, read that little to you. So anyway, I hope you're all having a great Wednesday. And I, I do apologize for the unannounced uh, live show today. Um, I had a good day today at work, but it was uh, had some unexpected turns and um I'm not going to be working tomorrow because typically I work Thursdays, but we have a, a certain level of trucks and trailers that um, there's, let's put it this way. There's more units, truck and trailer combination units that are broke down, needing repair than there are drivers. You know, so there's more drivers, I should say, that are scheduled to work tomorrow than there are units to be used. Unfortunately, Thursdays are typically a day that I volunteer to work extra because I get three-day weekends every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I volunteer every Thursday to work extra 
well, because I can't work on Thursday, so no, I'm going to be switching to Saturdays, at least for the next two Saturdays, this Saturday and the following Saturday. No big deal. So um, just there's been some changes because then it kind of changes up how I conduct my day and some of the errands and things that I need to take, you know, take care of. So I do apologize that I just sprung this live show on a time that I normally don't do it and very unexpected. But like I said, I'd rather do that than not do one at all, because what would happen then at this point is the day would get away from me and then I would get it would get so late at night and then I wouldn't do it. And then I'd feel really bad about myself because I didn't do a one percent with him with you kind people out there. So here we are. So today we're going to be reading out of the book of Psalm chapter nine, and it is the New American Standard Bible today that I'm going to be reading out of. And it reads, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, and I will tell of all, excuse me, yeah, I will tell of all your wonders. I will rejoice and be jubilant in you. I will sing praise to you, to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations. You have eliminated the wicked. You have wiped out their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to an end in everlasting ruins, and you have uprooted the cities. The very memory of them has perished. I need to stop there for a moment. I love that line. In fact, the last two lines, verse 5 and 6, you have rebuked the nations. You have eliminated the wicked. You have wiped out their name forever and ever. You know what the first thing that comes to my mind when I read that? The cabal, the elite, the oppressors of humanity. That's who I think of when I read that. The enemy has come to an end in everlasting ruins, and you have uprooted the cities. The very memory of them has perished. You know what I think of when I hear cities being uprooted? The first three that pop to my mind are the three city-states that tend to run the world. Vatican City, speaking of the Pope. Uh, wherever the British uh, royal crown is at, what is it? London, London City, and then D.C. That's what I think of when I read that line. Because all three of those city-states are ran, owned, and operated by the elite. And they're not our friends. And they're certainly not allies with God and Jesus Christ. I can assure you of that. Now, continuing on. But the Lord sits as king forever, and he established his throne for judgment. He will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples fairly. The Lord will also be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. I'm going to pause there. It's very important that anybody that is experiencing and witnessing what we are seeing before our eyes in the you know economic and political climates of not just our society but worldwide. We are seeing so much take place. There's so much disclosure taking place. We're seeing a lot of things be revealed to us, things that we thought we could trust, but you know, just there's just so much going on. And yet there's still a lot of people that what's going on, Harliners? I tell you, I don't want I do not know why that, that happens. You know what? I was nowhere near that button. I was, in fact, I was on a different screen. That's the second day in a row that that's happened. That is so weird. I tell you what, 
somebody's trying to mess with me, either someone or the devil himself. And you know what? While we're speaking to the devil, devil, if you're around here, you know what? We rebuke you to the foot of the cross because you're not welcomed here. Okay, you can go away. All right, this is the Lord's platform. His hard line. Stop it. See again, I don't know. It's playing. It's like it's the play button is being pushed automatically. My hand's not even on the cursor. That is so weird. Be gone, Satan, because you're not welcomed here. Go back to the pits of hell where you belong. So anyway, as I was saying, see, he don't like that. He doesn't like when I speak negatively of his little minions that run the world here. It's so weird. But um, as I was saying, as it says, you know, the Lord sits as king forever and he established his throne for judgment. And yes, he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples fairly. The Lord will also, there it is, the Lord will also be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those of you out there that feel oppressed and feel like you're in times of trouble, yes, you're feeling accurately. I feel like I'm in times of trouble. But guess what? I don't have anxiety about it because I know God's got this. I know Christ has got this. So again, hold strong to verse 9 in chapter 9 of Psalms. The Lord will also be a stronghold for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. Cling on to that verse. It's going to be very important for the future. Continuing, verse 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not abandoned those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples. For he who requires blood remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the needy. Be gracious to me, Lord. See my oppression for those who hate me. You who lift me up from the gates of death, so that I may tell of all your praises, that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk down into the pit, which they have made in the net, which they hid their own foot, has been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. A wicked one is ensnared in the work of his own hands. The wicked will return to Sheol. All the nations who forget God for the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope for the afflicted perish forever. Arise, Lord, do not let mankind prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, Lord. Let the nations know that you are merely human. And that concludes verses 1 through 20. I'm sorry, forgive me for a minute. I just have to send my wife a quick text. We put ribs on the grill and I want to make sure because I set a timer and I thought I heard her and my daughter go out the garage because the garage is right above me kind of the doorway anyway to go out to the garage and I don't want those ribs getting burned that would be atrocious so anyway so what does what does Psalms chapter 9 mean Now, the introduction to this passage includes an extremely obscure reference. And this might refer to a song which was known in David's time as the term literally means the death of one of the son. If so, it would remain that this psalm was meant to be sung according to that tune. 
Now, the use of the also murky word Hagayan suggests some connection to musical performances. Now, further, this psalm follows an acrostic pattern, beginning each section with a successive letter from the Hebrew alphabet. Now, Psalm 9 opens with David's intention to praise the Lord joyfully for all his wonderful deeds, and the acts David has in mind were probably military victories by Israel against her attackers. Now, David remarks on the total victory possible through God's power, and this this imagines for another episode. My gosh, I have no idea. I do not know what is going on. This needs to stop. Wow, this is super annoying. Podbean, knock it off. I'm not even near the button. I'm like reading on a completely separate screen, totally different monitor. I have no idea what's going on. I tell you, that's uh, that's Satan right there. He's not happy. Whatever. We're going to keep going on because, you know, I just don't care what he has to say or what he has to, you know, do. Um, so in the same style, though, David also praises God as a sovereign dispenser of righteous judgment. And the term... The nations often refers to the Gentile people. Now, those not part of a na- of the nation of Israel in that way, it is often used as a symbol of the ungodly world. Now, God's destruction of those who reject him or oppose him is so thorough that it effectively erases their name from remembrance. Now, not even a memory of the wicked nations remains. I think this is where we're going to be headed towards now, this is my own humble opinion. This is not fact. This is not, you know, anything like that. This is just my own idea. This is just Jason Jones speaking. This is not, you know. So I, I really think we, we are close to, you know, heading this direction. Now, contrasting the annihilation of the wicked is, you know, of, of the wicked is God. And, and forever in his position of power and status, from that vantage point, God administers justice and righteousness. And David also describes God as a haven for those who are oppressed. Now, what do I always say, typically at the beginning of the show? You trust in God and you hand over complete surrender to God of your life, and he will steer your personal vessel to safe harbor. What's another word for safe harbor? A safe haven. Safe harbor is a, you know, a peaceful spot where you can park your boat, anchor your boat, right, in the water, a safe haven. That's a term that I'm very familiar with because as I, you know, with being a gas hauler, I haul hazardous materials. And so the word safe haven is very familiar to me because on highways, we have designated points called safe havens where we can park a truck that has explosives on it or any type of hazardous materials. They're they're designated parking areas that are approved by the government. So it's, you know, minimum risk of, you know, creating harm or death or or injury of any kind or you know um destruction of property with the load god forbid something happens to that load so a safe haven is a safe spot and that's what god will lead us to he will lead the oppressed to a safe haven now the language here implies a high fortified sanctuary now when the ungodly world attacks those who have faith in the lord can take refuge in him absolutely amen i need an amen on that one You can take refuge in the Lord, and the Lord never forsakes or forgets those who belong to him. Amen again. And because of this very fact, the nature, the natural reaction of God's people should be praise. 
like I said, you should never worry about the kind of storm that we're battling right now. You should never worry about that. I know it's easier said than done because sometimes a storm gets a little too close for comfort. I get it. I really do. But you know what? No problem is too great for God. You got to remember that. And as long as you believe in God and you hold Christ very near and dear in your heart, you're fine. You are fine. And after celebrating God's righteousness and justice, David calls on God to rescue him from enemies who hate him and place him in jeopardy of death. Now, David's plea here is trusting. Even though he gives no reason for God to save him other than pure grace, this song directly connects God, God's answer to prayer with instinctive praise from his people. And so David completes this psalm by previewing the total ruin of all who oppose God. And all the wicked and all the nations that refuse to acknowledge God will perish. I believe we're very close to that. No, it's not a romantic thought. I really truly believe we're getting close to that. And so, however, though, the needy will not be forgotten. That needs to be very, you know, it's very imperative that we remember that. The needy will not be forgotten, and the hope of the poor will never perish. Though David is speaking of his own era and his own experiences, this serves to foreshadow the total victory of Christ when he returns. And yes, David closes Psalm 9 with the prayer that, the Lord judge the nations and put them in fear and remind them that they are just simply men. They're just simply men. That's it. I'll tell you, that was actually a really good psalm. I really enjoyed reading that this morning. And I hope you enjoyed hearing it this afternoon or morning or evening, wherever you're at in the world. I do appreciate you all being here. I appreciate you sharing the show. Please continue to share the podcast and the website. And the website's very easy to remember. It's just hishardline.com. If for whatever reason I ever get kicked off Podbean, I wouldn't. I can't see that happening because I'm not big enough yet. I say I'm not big enough. I should say, um, well, I'm certainly not big enough. But you know what? God certainly is big enough. I'm, so hopefully, God, you know, they'll never deplatform God. But I will say this: because of you is the reason why this continues to grow, and because of God. I'd be sitting here talking to dead airwaves right now. I'd be sending out, you know, just base, you know, just regular words out in the etho, you know, the ethosphere, whatever you want to call it, right? In the ethos, with nobody to listen. If it wasn't for you sharing this with other people, I probably would just give up this podcast and shut it all down and sell my equipment, to be quite honest with you. But you know what? I've always said, even if there's only a handful of two or three, four people, that is a large crowd for me, and you are worth, even if it's only one, you being the one man or woman are worth being here. Because if I can change, I may not be able to change the world, but if I can change the world to that one person, that one man or woman's world, then that's a success in my mind. I don't need to set the world on fire and and try to reach a, a thousand people or a million people or 10 million people. Now, if I do, great. I promise I will never use that. You know, I will never use, I will never use my 
what do you want to say? How do you want to put it? I will never use this microphone and this platform irresponsibly. I will always make sure that I put out what I believe is right and correct and factual. I will never steer people wrong. And if I do, you know, by mistake, because listen, we don't always get it right. All right. It's very easy to misspeak and get some things wrong. I encourage you and I welcome the corrections because I will correct it for the record on the air. If I say something that might be unfactual or maybe slightly off the truth, please tell me. Because sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, even if you think you did the research properly on it. I'm not arrogant. I am not conceited. I kindly, as long as what you're telling me is factual, I kindly and willingly accept corrections. I threw out my ego a long time ago. I smashed down my pride a very long time ago. In fact, pride's one of the seven deadly sins, right? As they say. There is no room for pride or ego or arrogance when it comes to trying to do God's work. There really is no time for that because God has no time for that. He will squash that down and humble people very quickly if they have arrogance, ego, and pride. And quite frankly, I don't, I've already got squashed once. And that was in September of 2020. My wife and I had what I thought was probably going to be one of our largest arguments ever that was probably going to lead to divorce. I do not want to get squashed down and broken it up into a billion pieces. I already did that, been there, got the t-shirt. I don't want to go back. Although I am grateful where, how, and how he built me back up. I don't want to go through that again. That sucked. That sucked. I don't ever want to go through that again. He already, he already smashed me up into a billion pieces. I don't want to go through that process again. That was hard, but I'm grateful that he, he did. And because he did, I am a better husband for it. According to my wife. Anyways, that's not me thinking that that's coming from her. (laughs) Believe it or not, my in-laws see it. My daughter, I'm a better father to my daughter. I I, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm still working on me. And so is Jesus. I keep asking Jesus, look, you're the ultimate architect. All right. You're the ultimate contractor. I know you're still working on me, on me. Please don't get cheap on me. (laughs) Please don't get cheap on me because I don't want to cut corners anywhere in my life. Let's do it right. Let's do it solid. I want to have a good foundation and good solid bones, as I call it, right? In the housing, in the house world, right? Oh, I tell you. It's been a really crazy tough couple of years, but I'm so grateful for the path that God has led me down. And I'm so glad that he brought me to this path to do the podcast. And like I said, if some of you are new here, I used to be a DJ of eight and a half years. And that was a lot of fun, but I never thought in a million years that I'd ever be doing podcasts where predominantly I'm speaking and reading God's Bible. I never thought in a million years that if you would have told me this five years ago, yeah, Jason, you're going to be a podcaster and predominantly most of your shows outside of a couple of regular discussions that you're going to have about, you know, worldly topics and things like that, you're pretty much going to be reading the Bible on a podcast. I would have looked at you and laughed at your face and told you stop smoking dope and drinking. And that your mom probably dropped you on your head. I would have told you all those things. If I would have heard that five years ago, I would have been like, you're, you're stupid. <laughs> if I'm being honest, that's what I would say. But here I am. Don't know why. I mean, I have an idea, but I, do, I, I don't know where God's leading me with this. So 
All I can do is just trust him, right? That's it. I got a big mouth. That much I do know. And I don't care what people think of me. If people criticize how I interpret the Bible or how I read or how I do my shows, that's fine. One thing I learned in DJing in eight, in eight and a half years of being a club nightclub DJ, you always have critics. I can't tell you how many nightclubs I've been to where I've had a handful of people that will come up to me at each club. Not, not a handful, excuse me, but maybe one or two. You always get that one or two. They come up and say, oh, you're playing crappy music. You know, they're all drunk, right? Slurring the word. You're playing crappy music. Can you, can, hey, hey, DJ, uh, can you play this song? You, 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 And then I'll tell them, no, I already actually already played it, or that song is extremely too slow, and it's going to empty out the, you know, it's going to empty out the, the, you know, it's going to empty out the dance floor. Oh, you suck. Well, yeah, I'll, that's fine. You can leave the club because we don't, need your patriotism here so bye-bye yeah i just I, I just you know i don't care about criticism i care about good constructive criticism but if people just come at me as a just a general critic because they just want to be mean that doesn't bother me and it shouldn't bother you either remember the only thing that matters is god's opinion of you that's it man's opinion doesn't matter amen randall jesus take the wheel yes that's a great song, by the way. And no, I'm not going to try to sing it. I will make all of you deaf and probably break all the glass within a 10-foot radius of your speakers. So I am going to spare you the damage and the shard glass and a potentially cut fingers from cleaning it up. And I'm not going to do the song, Jesus Take the Wheel. <laughs> all right. You know what? I've babbled enough. Let's do a prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you so very much. I really, truly do for this platform, for my life, for the marriage that you blessed me with, for the community here that comes and gathers at his hard line for you and for your son, Jesus Christ, not for me. They do this for you. And I'm just happy that I could be an instrumental tool for you and your son here on earth. And I pray that anybody that listens to this podcast, that you call them to do the right work that you had called them to do. Walk people through the fear. Allow them to step out of the fear and step into strength and courage. The enemy will not overpower us. We know you are in control. You are a good, great, and loving God. We know that you got this under control. We know you're going to steer our personal ships into that safe harbor. We know you have our best interest at heart. We know this. And so long that you give me the ability to speak and earn a living at my regular day job so I continue to, you know, support my family, I can keep being on the mic here and keep doing your work. Keep me healthy, most of all, because that's the biggest thing. Please keep me healthy. Keep the listeners healthy. And I pray that we enter into a healthier world as more people start awakening to all the lies that we've been told and all the bad things that we've been fed, both metaphorically, physically, uh, and everything in between. I just pray that more people start to wake up to what's really going on in the world. And Father, we do keep you number one. We are returning you back to the center. We know we walked away from you. We know we stepped away from you. We do not know any better than you. You know everything. And we are returning back to you. You're going to be the center of our world again. So we pray all this 
In your holy son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. And that's really all I have for you all today. This is going to be the only show I'm doing today. I'm going to spend some time with the family. Hopefully my ribs are not uh, burnt. Um, I'm a little hungry today. Normally I would smoke them and do like a slow rolling smoke, you know, do, you know, smoke them for three hours. But uh, I'm really hungry. So I cranked up the heat and yeah, we're just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they're good. <laughs> so um, other than that, that's all I got for you. I really hope you all have a blessed day. And again, I just encourage all of you try to get, you know, try to stay healthy. All right. I'm doing the same thing. So I hope you'll have a great day, great night, wherever you're at in the world. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. I'll be here probably tomorrow morning to do a 1% with him. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.